This episode of the Business of Agriculture is brought to you by Nori. Feeling left out of carbon markets? Nori is a carbon removal marketplace that welcomes early adopters of regenerative farming. We work directly with farmers to enter their data and project their carbon credits, which the farmer owns and sets the price on. Nori is the marketplace, not the middleman, so farmers get paid directly once their credits are sold. We believe that carbon credits should be an asset the farmer controls, not the rights that they sell. To learn more on how you can enroll your farm, visit nori.com growers. And if you are a company looking to get involved with carbon markets, reach out to hello at nori.com. Nori, a carbon marketplace for early adopters. Visit nori.com growers. Well, greetings and welcome to uh, the Business of Agriculture. It's going to be a fantastic episode because we're talking about soil analytics. You know, if you've kept up with my stuff, 240 some episodes of the Business of Agriculture. If you've read my book, Food Fear, you know, I am an ag guy, but I'm also a soils guy. I wanted to be an agronomist. I uh, was in soil judging, um, was uh, in FFA, uh, went to the Oklahoma land, pasture and range and soil competition, placed ninth in the nation. I said, I'm going to be an agronomist. And then I went to Purdue and they handed me a biochemistry book. And I said, uh, OK, so I'm not an agronomist, <laughs> but I am a soils minded guy. And we're talking about soil analytics. When you are in the business of agriculture, soil is paramount to the success of your operation. I mean, it's the most expensive asset you have. It's selling for 30% more now farm ground is than it was just a year or so ago. Um, soil, it's all about this, man. I mean, it, soil health has become a new thing. Soil analytics is getting better. And that's what we're talking about today. In the old days, you sent the kid out there with a bag and a soil probe. He brought back a couple of samples. You send it in to see what your N, P, and K looked like, and maybe your lime, and then you figured out what you had to do. That's yesterday's agriculture. Now we're talking about grid sampling, and we're talking about very much pinpointing the needs. And now what if I told you beyond just soil analysis, beyond just fertility and calcium and, and lime and macronutrients and micronutrients and all those things. What if I also told you that there was a predictive soil analytic tool, meaning soil analytics that can say you are going to have sudden death syndrome in your soybeans. And because you now know this ahead of time, you can preemptively proactively do the right thing to get your soybeans to yield. Ah, Proactive versus reactive. That is the promise of pattern ag. And that is the promise of this technology, which is fairly new, shall we say. In fact, it's brand new. I've got the VP of sales for pattern ag, Mike Tweedy, joining me. And I've also got South Dakota farmer and custom farm operator, Paul Sittig, joining me. He is a customer of this company. We're going to hear from them. And also, we're going to hear about what works, what doesn't work, what's exciting about this technology, and why it matters to you in the business of agriculture. Frankly, I'll give you a real quick synopsis of why it matters to you. It means we can be better, more efficient with good acres. And again, that's good for the environment because now we're not going to be squandering potential yield because we'll know ahead of time what this is. Mike Tweedy, join me. I know there's a long introduction, but it's a good one. I hope you agree. Did I get everything right? It was outstanding, 100% accurate. Thank you, and good morning. Glad to be here. Okay, so we're recording this now uh, uh, in May, and um, soil testing has probably already been done. The fields are 77% planted, I think I just read this morning uh, on our planting progress report. Soil analytics, 
we used to go out there and check for the macronutrients. Then we got looking at micronutrients. What are we doing now? What is the promise of this technology? Yeah, it's a great uh, intro. And, you know, what we're doing now is, is looking at soil from a biological level, which has not been done previously. The technology that we're using wasn't available or it was available, but not at scale or cost to be able to do five years ago. Right. So we're taking 20 plus year old DNA sequencing technology and we're applying that to the soil so that we can look and see what is happening in from a biological standpoint. The current soil testing that we that uh, growers are using is chemistry, right? We're looking at micros and macros and what's there, but then there's so much more that's happening in that soil. It is the most complex microbiome on earth. And to give you a sense of how complex it is, we're picking up 10, 000, more than 10,000 species, about 500 billion um, microbes in every pound of soil that we put through our analytics. Of that 10,000 species, half of them haven't even been identified yet. So that's how complex what we're dealing with in the soil. So we there's a lot that we don't know. So what, what I want to point out here real quick something that 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 I read an article very similar to what you're quoting right there about a year or two ago that there's more living organisms in the soil that we've not identified than we have identified, and that's accurate, right? That is accurate. Yes. And, and, and we've been doing a pretty darn good job. I mean, 10,000 years ago, we invent agriculture, start getting good at it about a hundred years ago, get to where we have like surpluses, maximizing these yields. We're doing that. And we still don't even really know what we're dealing with. We, 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 we have still a long way to go in this. And what you're telling me is, that we didn't even know what all was in that soil. So how the hell were we ever analyzing it adequately? It's we weren't right. Well, I mean, look at, uh, I, I watched one of your podcasts recently and you talked about corn has a, has a yield potential of 500 bushels. Soybean has a yield potential of 200 bushels and it has its greatest yield potential when it's in the bag. Right. But when you put it into that medium, that is the most important place because that's where it lives. That's where it grows. That's what determines what the success of that genetic potential is going to be. So we have the tools, we have the genetic potential to produce 500, but what we don't understand is the medium in which it lives in. So our, what we're focused on is solving the problems of understanding what stresses exist in that soil and predictively telling folks like Paul in advance, what is there, what is his threat levels and what he needs to do to mitigate those stress levels so that we can push that top end yield up for those growers that are really, really interested in pushing that top end yield from 185 APH up to 205, yeah. 205 to 225. So that's what we're looking at, you know, at a very fundamental level. And, you know, again, bring it back to everybody that's in the business of agriculture. Why does that matter? He just talked about the APH. We're talking about the, I, I can't remember what it stands for, but the point is the yield, the, the mm -hmm. approved yield. Yep. From 185 bushel corn to 205, that next 20 bushels could be basically pure profit. I mean, that's what we're really talking about here. And at $7 corn, that's $140. That could be pure profit if your soil analytics are good. And what we're talking about is this is new technology. We, we were always, you know, it was neat that we were like, ah, that field needs lime. Uh, your, your pH is off. That was cool. And or it looks like you could use some, some potassium out there. Okay. That's cool. Now we're talking about 
oh, your magnesium to calcium ratio is off. And we've learned that those ratios matter. Soil analytics has gotten better. Now you're like the next wave of, you're like third, fourth wave of soil analytics. Yeah, we got all that stuff covered, the micros and the macros. But now, oh, you also are going to have this disease problem. How many diseases are you looking, or are you able to predict? We're looking at 12 different uh, pathogens. So some of those, uh, most of those are going to be disease like sudden death syndrome, rhizoctonia, white mold, you know, things, things of that nature. And then we're also looking at corn rootworm and soybean cyst nematode. So what we wanted to do was really take this very complex uh, methodology that we're using and turn it into something that growers are facing billions of dollars in economic losses. When you look at corn rootworm, cyst nematode, SDS, white mold, most growers don't even know that they have SDS. And I think Paul's probably going to speak to that. Uh, but you're looking at five to 10 bushels being stolen right off the top without even knowing it. So our analytics looks for those very specific things in all that massive data that we're gathering. And we want to be able to find those very, very specific things by looking at the genetic code, the genetic material, and then not only telling you from uh, if it's there, but at what pressures do you have it? Is there an economic threshold that you're looking at that's going to inform, do I need a seed treatment? Do I not need a seed treatment? You know, there's an old saying that farmers have 40 years to guess right, mm -hmm. you know, because so much of what we do, so much of what Paul does is trying to guess right on seed selection, on whether I need a seed treatment, on whether I need this fertilization. And so what we do is we take the unknown and we make it known from a biological level. Another, ex another specific example is you mentioned phosphorus. Like we're looking at the mycorrhizal fungi that exist in the soil. So that's another very specific thing that we're looking at. Why is that important? Because those are the are responsible for solubilizing the phosphorus that's in the soil and making it available to the plant. Most growers don't realize that they have enough phosphorus in their soil that they could mine on their own using biological products mm -hmm. if they're placed correctly, where it's going to change the actually the phosphorus recommendation. Yeah. So we're in the old days, we were probably wasting fertilizer because it was inexpensive, which it sure as hell is not now. And nope. so advanced, advanced soil analytics can be like, hey, you don't need to throw more pee out here. You don't need more phosphorus out here. You just need to extract the phosphorus you got. Our analytics can tell you that you've already got the phosphorus. Here's what I want to know. Mr. Paul, does this stuff work or is this just another big promise? Is it work? It absolutely works. We've seen some very interesting results on our farm. Um, stuff we never even knew was there. You know, that's that's what's neat about this. We're always looking for new ways to come up with better answers, better yields. Um, it's just amazing the stuff we've learned from this that we didn't even know was there. And now we can try to prevent it. Yeah. So you're a little younger than me, but I kind of talked about the old days, you know, you grabbed a, a, a soil probe out of the field and decided that was good. Now we know that that's not even anywhere close. We started grid sampling, what, 20 or so years ago where we're actually on two acre or two and a half acres and now even less than that. And now we're like with GPS and all the technology in our machinery, we were like, let's put this amount of fertility here and more over here where it needs to work. 
way better because of technology about putting fertility where it needs to be. We actually can drive a machine across the field and put the exact amounts of specifications where it needs to be. That's all fairly new, meaning the last, say, 10, 20 years. <clears throat> but we sure as heck never were able to dig down the soil, take a soil sample, and besides nutrients, then also say, oh, you're going to have white mold. Does it really detect this? From what we found in the fields that we know we have white mold, this has absolutely detected white mold in those fields. Um, we've been treating for white mold for years, but yeah, it, it did show that we had white mold in those fields. So it was just a confirmation for us on that one. Tell me about your experience using the Pattern Ag uh, Soil Analytics uh, product. So Pattern Ag was brought to us by our salesman, Eric, and he's actually one of my landlord's sons. So I was like, yeah, we're going to use that because it's interesting, you know, and we're see what the results are. We'll give it a year, see what happens. But and let's face it. The landlord said, you want to farm my ground, you better buy this crap off my kid. I mean, that's how it went. Right, <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. And so we said, yes, we will. And but uh, the results really shocked us. I mean, yeah. like for us, sudden death in soybeans is not even a concern for us. And we didn't even know that we had it here, but now we're treating for it. And maybe that's going to give us our top end yield. You know, we can get 70 bushel soybeans pretty easy, but if we start treating for sudden death, maybe that's going to get us 75 bushel beans. Maybe yeah, no, there, there's a great example. And I guess geographically to the listener, because we have listeners from all over and they're not all farm people, you know, I got farmers and I got ag professionals that still have ties to the farm, whatever. And they're from all over the geography. You are from extreme Eastern South Dakota. You're from yeah. part of South Dakota that uh, can look across the larger window and see Minnesota. Right. Yeah. Okay. In, in your geography, we don't think you should be growing corn and soybeans up there. We in Indiana <laughs> think that we should grow corn and soybeans. We can charge more cash rent if we do it. And you know what? You should have some wheat, maybe some oats and, and snow drifts. You know what? Leave it to <laughs> us. But when you do grow soybeans, you can grow 70 bushel soybeans. Sudden death syndrome. I can drive you around the countryside within five miles of my farm every single late summer, and I can show you sudden death syndrome in our soybeans. You didn't know you had it. We didn't even know we had it. We don't see any symptoms, had no idea. But like I said, maybe that's taking off our top end yield, and we never even knew it. So your soil analytics through the Pattern Ag uh, product show you that you got this. And that's for a soil sample. So the, before the soybeans are even planted, you're like, yep. we're going we're to have possible soybean sudden death syndrome. Yep. And we treated for it. We had to beg our, our soybean salesmen, our seed salesmen to get us the product because they told us, you don't have that problem in your field. And we're like, we showed them the Pattern Ag results and we're like, we absolutely do. And we want to treat for it. So we're doing some side-by-side -side tests, but all the soybeans that went in the ground on my farm had were treated for sudden death. I want to hear more about then. I want to hear more about how you did the treatment before we do that. Well, let's talk about pattern ag. Let's now hear a message from them as our sponsor. Here is a message from our friends at pattern ag. Hey folks, got a question for my farmer and landowner friends out there. Have you ever lost yield to an unexpected pest or disease? Of course you have. Every season, you're forced to guess about some of your most important management decisions. What if I told you that you don't have to anymore? Pattern Ag offers the most advanced soil analysis available today. 
In addition to a comprehensive nutrient analysis, like any soil survey would give you, Pattern can predict next season's risk from the most damaging of pests and diseases. Things like corn rootworm, soybean cyst nematode, sudden death syndrome, and more. For the first time ever, a single soil analysis can help you optimize your crop protection and fertility spend at a subfield, field, and operational level. Isn't it time to refine your management decisions, optimize your inputs, and maximize your yield? Of course it is. Go to www.pattern.ag and get started today. All right, back to the predictive uh, soil analytics. Paul Siddig, South Dakota farmer and also custom farm operator for others. Um, sudden death syndrome, you treated for it, you didn't even know you had it, and now you're wondering, man, maybe there was five bushels out here that I never know, knew I was missing. It was, it was robbing it from me, and I didn't know five bushels at um, – 15 bucks, $75, $75. And again, that's mostly all pure profit because it's five new bushels. How'd you treat it? What'd you do? Uh, for some of our soybeans, we use a product called Heads Up. And then some of our soybeans come from uh, Pioneer and we use the product that they suggested we use on those. And that was, just a pre, that was just a pre-emergent at time of planting? You put it in your- Oh, that was a seed treatment that we put on. Yep. Okay. Seed treatment we put on in the soybeans so it'll help. Um, yeah, we hope, we hope to see some good results from that. So is that how we treat sudden death syndrome is with a seed treatment? As far as I know, that's the only way to treat it. Yep. What was the added expense? Uh, for the one product was four bucks for the other product. It was about $10. And, you know, I mean, you don't even need a bushel to pay for that. Yeah, so, so four, four to ten dollars per acre. You're talking about use those yes. dollars per acre. So four to ten bucks, and that's less than a bushel. So if it turns out that you got it, twelve other pathogens detected. We just talked about sudden death syndrome. Mr. Mike Tweedy, VP of Sales for this company. Um, the other pathogens that you're detecting are they treated generally with a seed treatment, like he, like Paul did on this, or what? What now that I know, you know, proactive versus reactive. You've given me the analytics. Now that I know, what do I do? Um, I, you said detecting corn rootworm. You're doing that through a soil sample. Most people would say, oh, you can't tell that until the actual worm's there. How are you detecting it? And then what is my recourse? Yeah, so for corn rootworm, for example, when we go out in the fall, we follow the combine out of the field and our soil samplers go in. We test at about, we test every uh, 10 acres. So we're doing 10 acre grids and we're testing at a density of about 0.8 acres. So less than one. What that tells us is it gives us a good footprint of everything that's in that field. If there is corn rootworm egg, because that's what we're looking for. We can detect it down to one single egg, and we can tell you whether it's northern or western corn rootworm, which is important, especially in areas like Paul's, where you're looking for extended diapause. And whoa, so, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I got uh, menopause. I got <laughs> take a pause. What the hell is that word you just used? Extended diapause. And Paul, you are you're probably very familiar with extended diapause and why it matters. So why don't oh, we hey. hear about Hey, Paul, talk to me here. What's, what's his big words he's using? Uh, so when you talk about corn rootworm, what we usually see is in rotation, it, a year will kill the corn rootworm egg. So if you rotate from corn to soybeans, you usually don't have that problem. But what we've been seeing up here is this extended diapause, which means they can live in the soil for two years. So basically to get rid of them, you would either need to plant soybeans two years straight 
or plant a smart stack corn. We actually found this in a field near my house here where it's rotated every single year, never had a problem with corn rootworm ever in our lives. But we knew this year because of the pattern egg soil test that we needed to plant a smart stack corn in that field. And we were proactive about it where we would have been reactive about it otherwise and we would have definitely took off the top end yield of that cornfield not even knowing that we had the problem there yeah if your corn rootworm is out there by the time you discover you've got it you're usually looking at what kind of a yield deduct what kind of a yield uh adjustment am i talking paul oh 20 to 100 bushel (laughs) 20 to 100 bushel easy yeah 10 to 40 percent 10 to 50 percent Hey, real quick, then also for the listener that is in the business of ag, but this is a little bit off of their reservation. Uh, you co- talked about triple and quad stack type corn, just so that the listener knows. You're saying that would be a mitigation that you would know to do because of the soil analytics from pattern ag. You're like, oh, crap, we got corn rootworm, two different varieties with extended diapause, which means that one year of rotation away from corn won't kill them off, which of course means that that rootworm is evolving, <laughs> right? Right, Mike? The, the rootworm is getting smarter to stay around, just like all parasites do. Uh, then you're going to do what, Paul? Talk about that stack corn, just for the person that doesn't know what that means. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to plant uh, a stack corn, which is called triple stack or smart stack. It has more, more genetic modifications to help kill the rootworm and better manage that pest. It's the only way to really treat it as far as there's no spray or treatment you can do. You just have to have the traded corn. And as soon as that bug bites the root, it dies. It's yeah. like a poison for it, yep. Got it. And most corn, it's more expensive, so we don't plant that everywhere. Right. We try to plant cheaper corn, and this is more expensive, but it's cheaper than losing 10 to 40% of a bushel. Exactly, so you're gonna pay up for the traits but you get the payoff. And uh, to the person that doesn't really know about corn production, for example, you just said by the time the rootworm is in that field and you discover it, you might've already lost 20 bushels. Well, on a, this year, the USDA is predicting about 177 to 180 bushel annual per acre yield. So you're talking about, again, more than 10% at best. Mike Tweedy, um, I like that uh, that example of the rootworm. Give me another one. And we already did cyst. Where's I'm sorry, cyst cyst nematode. What the heck? The person that's not an agronomist, that's not a botanist, saying what 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 does all this mean? What's cyst nematode, and why do I not want it? Cyst nematode is a pathogen that lives in the soil. It attacks the so, uh, the the uh, soybean root system, and so what it does is it pulls. Uh, it's going to suck nutrients out of that uh, you know out of that plant. That's going to imp- uh, you know it's going to impact the top end yield to put it in uh, very simple terms. And there are varieties that you can choose that are resistant to, um, you know, soybean cyst nematode. So essentially what we do is we inform on multiple decisions before planting, right? We, we, you know, Paul just gave a great, two great examples, one on whether I'm going to need a triple stack or not. Um, you know, I will tell you that up in that area this year, northern Iowa, eastern Nebraska, um, the corn rootworm expression or, you know, what in simple terms, what that means is how bad it attacked because of the environmental conditions were perfect. It was so bad that it actually overwhelmed some triple stacks. Now, looking at Paul's results, he doesn't have that kind of pressure, but we can inform if those, if that pressure exists 
which then informs, do I want to rotate out of that into soybeans or I'm going to need a triple stack plus I'm going to need an inferro insecticide. Now, we don't, in our recommendations, we don't recommend specific products. We are product agnostic. We have general recommendations. And then it's up to our network of trusted advisors to then make the product recommendations on those. So we are not affiliated with any other companies. We're just informing on what needs to be done from a management practice standpoint. Yeah, I like that. That you are you are analytics. I mean, that's it. You're you're that's just it. soil. I, I keep calling it soil analytics. Am I getting that right? That's what I call it. It is. I'd call it advanced. You're an advanced soil analytics company that has technology. I asked you if it worked, Paul. You gave me the yeah from what you're seeing so far. This is only your second year of utilizing the results from Pattern Ag to make decisions. Am I right? First year. First year. Yep. This is our first year. Yep. So we haven't seen anything come to yield yet, but we're pretty excited. Yeah. And I want you to come back after you get some results and give them to me. Um, money. Agriculture is a business. I, I wrote about it in my book. I tell anybody I live half the year in the suburbs of Arizona. Damien, I don't know about these factory farms I've been talking about on the NPR. Wouldn't it be better if we all just had sustainable, small, organic? I said, well, yeah, find me one of those. And by the way, also um, start hoarding more food because if you want to rely on that, your ass is going to starve. Anyway, I, I point out the reality of modern agriculture and how uh, it's a business. And it's also a pretty darn good one because uh, uh, with the exception of the last two years, we never had barren shells in this country. It's a business. I asked you if it works. You said you're seeing that it works. Now let's talk about economic return. You said you were encouraged to use a seed treatment. The pattern, pattern ag people, they don't care which one it is. They're, they're product agnostic. It costs you four to 10 bucks. Like you said, that's one third to two thirds of a price of a bushel of soybeans, roughly. How much am I spending for this soil analytics? And what do I need to get on return to make it make sense? Uh, for us, it's it's about a bushel of corn or half a bushel of beans. We have been soil testing, grid sample testing all of our fields for the past few years anyways. This is very competitive, if not even a little bit cheaper per acre to do that. Okay. Um, we are getting all of those results, plus the biological results, plus the pest results. On our farm, it's a no-brainer just to do it. It's very competitive. Like I said, it's even maybe a little bit cheaper. So dollars and cents, it just makes absolute sense. Paul, if I were to look at a soil survey printout, you know, it's got my macros in nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and it'll have my cation exchange uh, capacity, which is kind of a new thing that I didn't even know about until recently. And it's got your micros, your calcium borons, manganese, magnesium, zinc, whatever. What beyond that does the does the printout look like what does the analysis look look like from pattern versus the one i would have gotten other places what what is it is it like nine pages is a spreadsheet i gotta go through what am i looking at no it's actually very handy it comes out and it kind of looks like a spreadsheet i guess but it's it's pretty handy pretty easier to read it's got your stoplight colors your green yellow red Obviously, green's good. Yellow is kind of moderate. Red is bad. It needs attention. Um, it's all listed across the top. What you need to, what the test is. So it has all the ones you talked about, plus all the pathogens we're talking about as well, and the biologicals. And then you can 
you can zoom into it on the computer and you can look at the map and actually see where it is in that field. And you can see, well, maybe I need to treat this area, but I don't need to treat this other area. If you can pull it up on your computer. Well, we, we've, been doing, on we've, your been, we've been doing that on nutrients for a while now. When, when the, the, the company comes to the field behind my house, they're put a different quantity, not necessarily a different product, different quantity on in one area than in another. We've been doing that for a while. As we keep getting better and better, are we going to do that also on pathogens? Are we going to do that on pathogen, pathogen mitigation? I mean, now instead of triple stack corn on the whole field, we're only going to do it on part of it. It's going to be hard to do from a planting uh, arrangement. What are, you, what are you thinking in that regard? I, the, the technology is out there. We do have uh, double variety planters available and meters available. It's not mainstream by any means, but it's definitely coming our direction. Um, there's companies that are really trying to push it, but that technology is coming. And like all of our sprayers now, we can variable rate. We can put certain insecticides here, certain ones here. We can do that now. Um, the technology is coming. It obviously needs to keep up with this and catch up, I guess. Mike, speaking about the technology is coming. What's This is pretty advanced. Uh, are other companies doing this? I mean, it, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I work with you. I appreciate you uh, being here. I believed in the product, which is why I brought you on as a sponsor. Um, I, you know, there's a reason why we don't uh, have, uh, you know, Amway is not a sponsor here. Uh, so we, we, we're, not, we're not into selling hucksterism. Um, the promise is really good. The technology seems to be working. And, and Mr. Paul here is really excited about what he's seeing already. Are there other companies doing this, number one? And two, what's next? So DNA analytics in and of itself has been around for 20 years. And that by itself is interesting, but it's not actionable. I could spit out a report of 10 million data points and hand it to you and you'd be like, okay, this is not helping me at all. Um, the magic behind what we do that no one else does is our bioinformatics machine and machine learning. So we take super complex data, 10 million data points, and we look for very specific things. And then we turn that around into very intuitive uh, agricultural insights that anybody can understand. Like, I want to be able to hand this report to Paul or to other Pauls that are out there. And there are no other it. Pauls. There are. There's <laughs> only one. There's only one Paul sitting, and he is with us. Do not pretend that he is replaceable. He is only him. <laughs> Paul is a one of a kind for sure. But we want to put we want to put that in their hands and we want them to, to be able to take action on that, right? right. It, information plus insights that anybody can understand and action that you can take on that is what makes our product different than anything else that would be coming in the market. By the way, I think that's really good about the actual part of it. You know, there's a reason why you're in a sales position because you just told me what I needed to hear. You told the customer, the listener, any prospective <laughs> customer what they needed to hear. Bunch of data. Oh, great. You know, it's like the old thing about uh, consulting companies. Well, we spent six months and your company's given us a million dollars to be your consultant. Here's our findings. You need to do this, this, and this. Okay, great. And here's all what we found. They spend an hour and a half telling you what they found. Say, all right, now we're going to do about it. We don't know. We're going golfing and we're going to then get on an airplane <laughs> and leave. Thanks for the million dollars. Uh, I'm like, what the hell is that? Okay, you, you, you told me all my problems and now what? So I like the actionable part about it. You actually are saying, 
this is a threat, but not very much. That's the whole red, green, and yellow thing. Uh, yeah, you, you've got you've got some crap out in that field, but it ain't a big deal. Don't sweat it. And then you've got your other stuff like this is a big deal, and so you know what to do about it. Um, I asked you a question about the future, and I want to come back to that. Actionable. Paul said he used seed treatments to uh, because he was informed by the advanced soil analytics about a sudden death syndrome scenario that was likely in his fields. What else? What other action steps would I be informed through the testing that I would know how to do? Mike? Yeah. So there's a there's a number of different uh, decision points that are going to ha- occur. One is trait selection uh, for your corn uh, uh, hybrid variety selection, because it's going to inform on a number of different diseases like rhizoctonia, phytophthora, pythium, gibberella, stalk rot, soybean brown stem rot, soybean brown or soybean stem canker. All of those are going to have ratings in the seed catalog. So that can help with the seed selection. It can also inform on seed treatment, as Paul pointed out, as well as fungicide, inferral fungicide treatments. It all, lastly, it, it will inform on scouting. So if you have white mold, you're going to want to watch for expression on white mold during the season and get in there with a timely application. So those are the, uh, that's, uh, a big that's, number of the decisions. That's a, that's a bunch, by the way. And also, Paul, do you think corporate guy – you think he rattled off all those big words to sound smart? He said gibberella, pythium. He went through a whole bunch of them right there. I think he was doing that to let us know, hey, I don't just have this fancy office for no reason. I actually know what I'm talking about. I, <laughs> I think so. I think, yep. What do you got? Um, what, do you, what do you see that you will be taking action steps with future analytics like this, Paul? You did seed treatment on the one. What else are you thinking about? Uh, one more thing we found on this, which was interesting, is in corn we have fusarium, which I also never knew we had. Um, we don't have a lot of treatments for that or fungicides in our area for that. So now if we can pull these results and we can pull enough neighbors together, we can go to these companies and say, hey, we need a fungicide for this. We need you to fix this problem for us. And all we have is variety selection for it right now. But we have talked to some corporate people about getting us a fungicide to help with fusarium because right now there isn't anything and could be losing yield because of it. Do you think, Mike, that the future, we're going to look back, because I say this about a lot of things in agriculture, we're going to look back and it's going to be like when we look back at using leeches for medicine, you know, are we going to look back like five years, 10 years from now and be like, can you believe we used to do this, uh, you know, are we going to look back and say, we didn't even know, we didn't even know what was going on. I mean, is that where we are right now? Yeah. I mean, what we're looking at is the fourth revolution of agriculture. We we've got the, we've got the genetics, we've got the treatments, we've got all of those things that can inform on getting 500, uh, 500 bushel corn. What we don't understand is the biology of the soil. And so we're unlocking those things, making them known so that we can make smarter decisions with the tools that we have today and really growing the number of bushels that, uh, that we can feed the world with. Looks to me like, and Paul, I want your on the ground reading, biologicals, uh, they were snake oil when I was a kid. Um, there might still be a couple that are, but a bunch of them, you can truly say this is working in concert with what's happening in our soil and our other technology. Looks like the revolution, uh, as Mike alluded to, with biologicals and now the analytics 
What do you see? And then what's next in your opinion? We are testing some biologicals on our farm for the last couple of years. We've been doing it. We've been seeing some mixed results. Like you said, some are snake oils, some actually work. Um, it's definitely where things are going, keeping that soil living and feeding the living organisms that are already there is definitely the future for this deal. Yeah. Mike, on the way out the door here, um, I think we're going to see more stuff. Is, is, is Pattern Ag going to be one of those companies that brings us more analytics? And we're like, holy crap, you can do this? Is that, is that where we're going? I mean, uh, are you excited about what the future holds for this kind of technology? Yeah, what I love about what we're doing is we're just at the beginning state. Uh, we will never have an end state product. We will continue to bring analytics and visibility to things that um, that are impacting top end yield for soybean and, and corn producers. Uh, so, yes, we, we will have a number of things coming next year and the years beyond. So please stay tuned to that. In fact, we'll have a number of things coming this fall uh, that we're working on today. People want to learn more about the company. It's patternag.com, right? Pattern.ag. Pattern.ag. Pattern. Pattern. You're my sponsor. I should have known that. So it's <laughs> pattern.ag. Correct. Pattern.ag. Here's what I'm excited about. And uh, dear listener, viewer, I want you to take this with you. As you've heard me say it, I want you to share it with your friends, especially your non-agricultural friends. We are using less natural resources per calorie of food produced today than we ever have in the 10,000 year history of agriculture. So why does this matter about what we just talked about today? To use advanced analytics and understand that soil more and more and the complexities that happen there and predictively predictively outlook and say, okay, now here's how we're going to get even more yield. We'll get more yield with less natural resources than we did last year because of stuff like this company's technology right here. And that is good for the environment. So always share that message. It's an environmental message. Modern agriculture is good for the environment because we get more productivity with less units of input. And that's a good thing. Mike Tweedy, if you want to learn more about him, you can even find him, Mike at pattern.ag. If you have a specific question, Mike at pattern.ag. Paul Sittig, he is a South Dakota farmer. He also does custom farming. R6MANN2003 at hotmail.com. Boy, that's an easy email to remember. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for being here, Paul. Yeah, thank you. Also, amberviewfarms.com. Got a website amber, too. Amber, like the color, viewfarms.com. Yep. Yep. Check. They can find us there or on Facebook. So check them out. I want to have them both back here in a year or two to see what the next technology is because I think it's going to be exciting. Mike, thanks for being here. Thanks, Damien. I enjoyed this. And thank you, Paul. Till thank next you for time. Both of you, thanks. Till next time, it's the business of agriculture. This episode of the Business of Agriculture was brought to you by Nori. If you're feeling left out of carbon markets, Nori is a carbon removal marketplace that welcomes early adopters of regenerative farming. We work directly with farmers to enter their data and project their carbon credits, which the farmer owns and sets the price on. Nori is the marketplace, not the middleman, so farmers get paid directly once their credits are sold. We believe that carbon credits should be an asset the farmer controls, not the rights that they sell. To learn more on how you can enroll your farm, visit nori.com growers. And if you are a company looking to get involved with carbon markets, reach out to hello at nori.com. Nori, a carbon marketplace for early adopters. Visit nori.com slash growers.